This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 40 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour, the best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show, the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week. Our shows are podcasted throughout the world and replayed throughout the country as we talk about the mental side of sports. And uh, I love doing this show with you each week because we delve into different topics that affect us as athletes, as coaches, as spectators. I've been in practice for 40 years, been here at the radio for 30 years, the last 20 on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And I'm very privileged to do this show because this show's about you. It's about helping you get through things, deal with things. And today we're going to have a really interesting show. We're basically going to have two shows in one. We are going to start with a youth baseball coach who's going to join us here in a moment who emailed me the other day, and then we spoke on the phone, and he agreed to come on the show because he's got some issues with some parents and winning and losing. We're going to talk to him in a moment. And then the second part of the show, we have a young lady who is a state champion gymnast who has retired from gymnastics because she got burned out on it. And I thought it would be interesting to have her on as well. So we're going to start off with our youth baseball coach. Let's get Tom on the line. Tom, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. Listen, thanks for coming on. So you uh, emailed me the other day and mentioned you're having some problems with your team. So why don't you share with everybody what those issues are, and then we'll talk about what we discussed. Well, um, we decided to play up a, a, a level this year. We're a 15U team. Uh, we brought on one 16U boy. Uh, he was a brother, uh, one of the boys on my team. Um, all of our boys, except for three, played high school ball. So when this, their season was over, we just started right off after high school. Um, you know, I knew the competition was going to be tough, but I actually thought maybe we'd win a game or two. But we have started out 0-9. Uh, and nine. Um, I have a parent that from the beginning of the season would walk around and talk about how uh, we made a mistake by playing up, that we didn't belong uh, in playing up to this competition. And um, we had a tournament last weekend um, that we lost all three games. Um, at the end of the at the end of the tournament, uh, she finally found a buddy uh, to go along with her. And when the turn when the last game was over, we was walking out, and both of them came up to me and proceeded to tell me everything that we were doing wrong, and we should have never played up to the competition. All right, so you you emailed me, Tom, and uh, mm-hmm. we spoke on the phone the other day, and you agreed to come on the show. So we discussed the fact that, uh, you know, I'm going to share a couple things we talked about. First, you know, because you went straight from high school into club ball, you it was sort of a wham-bam thing. And you didn't, have, you didn't have time to really get, have a team meeting, which I mentioned to you. You said you, you, you sent out an email, but you really didn't have a team meeting. So from where I right. was coming in, probably that was one of the first things you probably should have done. Right. Exactly. I realize that now. Yes. Because why? Share with her. Because and, and listen. First of all, I want to thank you for coming on. Because if if there are hundreds of other people like this out there who have this problem, there are probably thousands who coach. So so tell everybody yes. why we talked about the importance of the of the preseason meeting, talking about your rules, guidelines, communication, all that. Well, you know, it would have been a smart idea to be up front and let them know exactly why I was doing it and that it would be it would be rough that uh, 
it, the competition was was uh, higher, and but I was should explain to them why it would have been good for these boys. Uh, my my thought was they're facing this kind of competition. <clears throat> excuse me, in high school, that this would help them, uh, especially against pitching. You know how pitching gets better and better. You know as they get older, the pitching is what really uh, gets so much better. So I I thought it would be good for them to face this uh, faster, better pitching, and I should explain that um, before the season started. All right, let me let me let me uh, interject something here, Tom. Why do you coach? Why are you doing this? Oh, well, number one. Okay, uh, it says, excuse me, because this is a lot of misery you th- brought upon yourself here. Right, right. Well, because there's a lot of good to go with that. I've seen the boys. I've had, I've got several boys I've had for years, and I've seen them get better. And they have so much fun together. They have more fun, of course, when we're winning. But it is so much fun, uh, so much enjoyment to be around them when they're improving and having fun together. Okay, so you've been doing this for a while. You've coached several yeah, of these kids yeah. for a while. And you enjoy yeah. the growth and learning aspect of coaching baseball. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And just have, let them have fun together. Yes. Okay. So let me ask this question. Even though you haven't won a game, are these kids having some fun? They are. They are. And I spoke to them, and I, I put it out there. I said, "We joined a league. We're we're going to finish this league." But I said, "Boys, do you still want to keep playing tournaments? Do you just want to play the league and get out of here and call it quits, or do you want to keep playing tournaments?" And every one of them said. Let's keep playing. So that that kind of just made my day there, you know. So as I said, that's what I like to hear. Well, I want to tell you a couple things. First of all, Tom. First of all, okay. you've got some guts by coming on the radio and sharing this. Second, I want to congratulate you for doing what you're doing because you are teaching these kids a lesson that's going to help them as they get older in life. Forget baseball, just life. I hope after so. after we go to our commercial break, we come back in our second segment. We're going to talk about this uh, mom who is bad mouthing you and now has a buddy, and how you're going to deal with that. Because we're going to discuss some ways, because I can guarantee you if there's one coach out there that's got that problem, there are dozens and dozens of them that have it. Parents, and and I saw it when my kids played. I've heard about it for years. There are always parents that don't like what's going on. They like to badmouth the coach behind his his or her back instead Mm -hmm. of dealing with it directly. So we're going to deal with that. So, you know, I, I mentioned the other day, the book that I co-wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through You Sports, our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. What's yes. your opinion on that, Tom? Well, you brought that up. You asked me if I had uh, – I agree with it completely, by the way. But you brought that up, and I it had been a while since I would read it. It had been five, four or five years ago. And I didn't remember it at first, but when I picked it up, I knew immediately that I had read it. And that's how I coach. That's um, uh, I don't yell. You know, I take I pull them aside uh, if they've done anything wrong. Uh, that's that's how I base my coaching uh, from your book. So that uh, that helped me out a lot when I was first starting out. Well. Thank you for for getting the book, first of all, and reading it. Yeah. And, and that chapter, I think, really is something that, you you know, I'd implore all the parents on your team to read it right now because, right. This, yeah. you know, everybody wants to win and succeed. Nobody likes to lose, but it's part of what we do. I don't care who you are. Nobody. Very rarely does anyone go through a season without some kind of a problem. And yeah, failure exactly. is part of it, yeah. right? I mean, in base, baseball is all yeah. about failure. I mean, I've been to Royals, Kansas City Royals team psychologist two different times. I've worked with Hall of Fame players. I've worked with great players. Failure is part of it. So you have to learn to deal with it. All right. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Joining me this morning is a baseball coach named Tom who has some issues with his team. We're talking about it now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about dealing with parents because he's got a couple moms now on the team that are saying some things behind his back that aren't good. So we're going to talk about how to deal with that because I guarantee you there are a bunch of people out there who've had the same problem. Do you get does the issue get addressed? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
State of Play with former Washington, D.C. Mayor Sharon Pratt. The status of black women in America. A lot of people say, well, why do you need to talk about it? You've got Kamala Harris, a heartbeat away from the presidency. You've got Stacey Abrams being considered for Nobel Peace Prize. But I think we all know that's not the real deal. African-Americans and particularly women were the vessels by which to keep this human capital going. Uh, during slavery, then you had uh, Jim Crow. And there's a sensitivity on the part of women generally, whatever the race, and then particularly African-American women, to raise the point of, why aren't you talking? about me? Why don't you have programs customized uh, to deal with my needs? And so I guess that explains why we're still struggling with it uh, in this year of 2021. For more, watch State of Play, Saturdays and Sundays at noon, 11 central on the Black News Channel. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having play dates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810, WHP in Kansas City. And joining me this morning is a baseball coach named Tom, who emailed me last week regarding some issues with his team, and he agreed to come on the show and talk about what's going on. So... So, Tom, let's talk about these these parents now. You, We mentioned, and, and, and I want to preface this by saying, you know, I, I emphasized everybody have a preseason meeting, talk about rules, talk about, you know, schedules, but talk about talking and discuss issues, winning and losing, how to, how to handle success and failure, what to say to your kids about having fun, all those types of things. And you mentioned, you know, for a variety of reasons that you didn't have that meeting when the season started. Now you've got one mom who's been upset that the team is playing 
up a level and then other moms joined her. So what are you going to do about yeah. that? What are you going to do about it? Well, um, I plan on having a talk with them um, and asking them if uh, they have issues. Wait, excuse me, uh, with these two women themselves or with the whole team? Uh, the whole team. Okay. The whole team. And I'm just going to ask them, you know, if, if you have anything um, that you need to talk to me about, please let's do it on a, a one-to-one basis. Uh, because when they talked to me after uh, the last game, it was in front of some of the boys. Um, matter of fact, uh, one of the parents' boy was just standing right next to her, and I could tell he was squirming. He didn't like it. Um, so well, what did she, what'd she say? What did she say to you? Uh, just that, you know, we should have had more practice, um, you know, that uh, we shouldn't be playing up uh, against this competition because we, we're not ready for it, um, you know, that type of thing, you know. Well, she's entitled to her opinion, but there's a way to do that and a way not to do that, correct? Yeah, right, right. So what did you say? What you excuse me? So what did you say to her when she t- brought that up? Well, um, I you know I agreed that you know that we should have brought in some more uh, had some more practice, but also explained to her that right after this the uh, high school season was over, we had an eight day rain period. Um, and we are not a club team. We're an individual team. We're, um, and these club teams and leagues have all the practice fields locked up uh, in our area. It, it's hard to find a practice field. So I explained to him those two things right there, that there wasn't much time. I decided to go ahead and play a couple of tournaments quickly before it started getting really hot. Uh, I, I thought that they could, you know, most of these boys have been either playing or practicing five days a week. 10 out of the 13 of my boys were high school boys. So I explained to them that, that they've been practicing. And I was just going to, you know, we were just going to go right into playing. And uh, we had one practice. Um, and I explained to her that and that we were, we're on a break now. Uh, and we have practices scheduled. We have uh, indoor training uh, with a pro trainer here locally that, you know, that now it's time we're going to get some practice time. And we got to we got some games in, now we're going to practice a little bit, and we're going to go back and finish the rest of our season. And I explained that to her, and it seemed uh, at the last game she was uh, more pleasant about things. So How did she react when she, you told her that face-to-face? Well, she said that she was going to find some practice fields for us. And uh, uh, the ones that they suggested was in very good shape. Uh, so I ended, up, I ended up finding a couple practice fields for us. So. Uh, we have practices this, uh, this afternoon, as a matter of fact. So. so how was she at the last game after you talked to uh, her? Uh, she seemed fine at the last game. Um, uh, almost apologetic, as a matter of fact. Well, okay, so what you did was great, okay? Because yeah. what you did was you confronted her in a positive way. And yeah, you, did. you didn't insult her. You didn't degrade her. You didn't cut her down. You just no, sort of basically. I had to take a deep breath, but yeah. You wanted to yeah. though, didn't you? Yeah, I you know I wanted to just kind of fire back because it was right after the game. It was hot. We had just lost three games. It's very tough for me to watch my boys lose. Uh, but yeah, I, I wanted to confront her, but no, I did not. I uh, I just spoke to her and I told her honestly, uh, you know what what I did and why I did it. Okay, we also talked about uh, bringing some Tootsie Pops to a game. Yes, yeah. So tell everybody about that because, you know, I, I've talked about that for a long time. That I think coaches should bring a bag of lollipops, Tootsie Pops, and tell the parents to suck on this during the game. Okay, because uh-huh. why? You, 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 And you did it, right? Yes. D- did it work? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they got the symmetry of it or not. Uh, you know, I got, a, I got a couple looks from, you know, like, you know, why, but uh, – and I didn't really explain why. I just, you know, I, I brought gum for the kids, and I brought those and uh, handed them out, and everybody, you know. Uh, and I got on with the game, so I didn't really, you know, talk to them much about it or anything like that. Some of them, you mentioned, some of the parents gave you some looks, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, just in an inquisitive way. Like, like, what's you know, what's, what's, the, what's this dude doing, man? Why, why is he why is right. he telling us to do this? Okay. Yeah. But yeah. do you think it worked? Did it help? It may have. Yeah, it may have. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. So, the whole purpose of coaching 
with what you're doing, which which if if there is one person listening to this podcast or rated re- replay, there are thousands who will listen to this who've got this issue. Why do you coach, Tom? It's the boys. Uh, it's just um, you know, it's it's fun being around them and uh, you know going through some things I did when I was their age, uh, watching them grow, uh, watching them have fun. You know, I say a good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach needs a sports psychologist. You obviously are a good coach, and you've done it. I I want to commend you, first of all, for getting a hold of me, and second, for agreeing to come on the show today and share this story because, like I said, there are a lot of other people that have the same issue, and you've addressed it. And I think the key thing from now on pertaining to communication with with everybody is what? What do you think you're going to need to do just in case something else comes up? Well, it's it's communication. It's uh, There's letting the parents know ahead of time you know what's coming up uh why we why we do why we're doing things that we do uh I, I was, that was a mistake on my part at the beginning of the season normally we start in january uh, or february with training this is our first year of uh post high school ball so do you have any uh, do you have any regrets about moving up like you did you know Right now, I do, um, just because we I haven't gave them a win yet, and uh, they have more fun when they win. But, uh, you know, if this, this helps them next high school season, then it was all uh, for the good. Well, I think what you've done is commendable. I think the fact that you care about these kids like you do says a lot about you as a person. And the fact that you had the guts to get on the radio and share this story even says more about you because a lot of people won't call this show up because uh, I'm not going to go on there and talk about it. I don't want to let people know what's going on. But you, you've done it. And I, and well, I guarantee you. you there are people who are going to listen to these, the replays of this show and the podcast of this show that will relate to this, Tom. So first of all, congratulations on what you're doing. It's all about growth and development, having fun. And you've mentioned that several times. Keep doing that. Keep focusing on that. Okay. And you know what? You guys will end up. I'll bet you guys get some wins in. And the most important thing is if these kids are going to learn something about themselves and have fun and grow. And that's what it's all about. Just tell those kids to keep getting better and have fun. And and I think some good things will happen for you. Well, thanks for all your help, Dr. Jacobs. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, sir. Okay, take care of yourself. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Now, State of Play with former Washington, D.C. Mayor Sharon Pratt. The future of the two-party system. We have the Democrats who always have their challenges. It's a wide tent and therefore a challenging tent, but also the Republican Party that seems to be having really acute challenges. We've seen several of their U.S. senators say they're just not even going to seek Re-election. And then we saw the insurrection on January 6th, where I think 147 of them still voted not to respect the electoral vote. It's a challenge when a party rejects Liz Cheney, a challenge when the party rejects their standard bearer, Mitt Romney, uh, a real challenge as what will be the heart and soul of the Republican Party. It does not bode well for our country. For more... Watch State of Play, Saturdays and Sundays at noon, 11 Central, on the Black News Channel. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right, they can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. 
Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. That was a fascinating interview with Tom, the baseball coach. And uh, I really appreciate him coming on because, you know, what we talked about with him, having fun, dealing with losing, and dealing with parents, I can almost assure you all of us have had to deal with at some point in our, our sports career, especially if you're a youth sports coach or parent. These issues go on all the time, and I like to bring this stuff up in the show and talk about it. And when we talk about youth sports, you've got athletes. Athletes who play sports for fun, play sports to get better, to learn things, to win, to learn about losing. And joining me in studio this morning is a young lady named Jocelyn C. She is a high school graduate from what, about a week ago? Yeah. So you competed as a gymnast for how many years? Um, Over my whole life, it was about 11, but... um, I was in competitive gymnastics from 7 to about 15. And that was in the state of Iowa? Yes. I was in Iowa. I competed from about 7 to probably 12, 12 or 13. And then you moved to Indiana? Yes. Okay. Why'd you get started in gymnastics? What, what did Were you watching the Olympics and get all excited like a lot of young girls do? Um, I think my mom put me in gymnastics just because I was just a wild child. And then she put me in when I was three. And then I just didn't really like it. So I quit when I was about five. Then when I was seven again, I started to really enjoy it again. So then they put me back in it. You were you were wild, uncontrollable at home. Is that the deal? High energy? Yes. <laughs> okay. So when you started with it at, at the second time, age seven, what'd you like about it? Um, I think this time, because I was very bored when I did it when I was younger, so I think um, the second time around, I kind of, I was older, so I was able to really just kind of enjoy it more, and I, like, it was more competitive than it was when I was younger. Did pressure start to come in when you were that young? Do you remember that? Was it was there pressure to have to do well, or was it more just about having fun and enjoying the experience? Um, I do think there was a little bit of pressure, but I think most of the pressure was on myself. Like, I put it on myself. I don't think the coaches or my parents did any of that. I think it was more just me wanting to be the best. Okay, so you stayed in it for a while. You progressed, got better. So what do you remember what level you started at? Um, so I did something called Excel, and so that's about level um, – I was on bronze, and so that's about level – Three to five. Expl- excuse that. me. Explain le- so everybody's listening understands the levels in gymnastics. 
Okay, so there's there's two different types. There's JO and then there's Excel. JO is more like your college level, like your basic levels that you like everyone thinks of. Excel is more like you have bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond. And that is all just like the levels in between that are like three different levels. Okay, so you started progressing and started getting better. Yes. What did you like about it? Um, I think I liked that like I was very daring and so I think I liked that I could do like everything without hesitation. I could just do whatever and not really be scared. Did you did you ever get hurt? Uh, I mean there isn't a gymnast I've ever worked with who hasn't been hurt. Yeah, I did get hurt, but not like not like most. I only broke my toe. That was like the worst. Only that broke happened. your toe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You didn't you didn't pull a hamstring or, or tear a ligament or anything like that no i mean i rolled my ankle quite a few times but that's not like i was up and at it like the next like two days later i mean i've always said it if you're a gymnast your body gets in positions it's not supposed to be in right yeah yeah okay i mean you've got to be extremely flexible you've got to work on that so you started moving up the levels and started getting better mm -hmm. why what'd you like about it the most um i just think i was very i pushed myself very hard and so i think that is what I really enjoyed is that I could just like I was competitive with myself what frustrations did you have when you were younger with it because because gymnastics you've got to spend hours I mean you're you're in the gym practicing what about four to five hours a day yeah I practiced um I think four days a week for four hours so my, I think my frustrations came when I couldn't get a skill like when I would practice and practice and it just wouldn't come, I think that's when I would get most frustrated. Well, what uh, of the four events, what was the most difficult for you? Bars was definitely my least favorite. Why? Um, I just, I wasn't very good at it and it just, it was definitely a struggle on the later years. Like the earlier years, it was pretty easy for me, but then later on, I just wasn't something I wanted to work on the most, so I didn't work on it that much. And then... When it came to competitions, that's when I was like not very good at it, and I would get frustrated with myself. So you started it was initially when you were younger, and then you quit, and then you got back into it because it was more fun, and then you enjoyed it, and then at some point though you decided you'd had enough. When was that? Um, that was when I moved to Indiana. It was switching gyms was a drastic change. It was very um, the coaches were definitely different. I couldn't really just. At my old gym, I could they kind of just let me do whatever. Like they were like, they let me train how I wanted. And here it was definitely more structured, but not. And I was okay with that, but it was more um, like the coaches were a lot more intense, and they they were more uh, serious. Like they didn't like fun wasn't really an option for you. Well, when we come back from our commercial break, we're going to talk about coaching and the difference in coaching styles and how that affected you, and 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 also why you decided to quit. Because I think one of the things that's important, I think, in youth sports is is like our first caller, Tom, the baseball coach, should be about having fun, right? Yeah, of course. Now, of course, when you're doing a sport like gymnastics, you're learning skills, you're trying to get points in competitions and move up levels and things like that. But the fun part still needs to be there. Yeah. Okay. And so I want to get into that when we come back, like I said, from our break about the coaching. But the the main reason you got you you stayed with it was what Jocelyn because I, I've worked with so many young ladies over the years who just got frustrated with it. It was hard to you know, as you started to grow as your body developed to become a teenager. You know when you're a little girl you're really you can roll around and do all kinds of things. You get become a teenager, you become a young woman. Your body's changing, you're growing. It becomes more difficult. Yeah. Um. I think that it for me what kept me going was definitely the. Um, the idea of still being able to compete. I think that was definitely, I'm a very competitive person, so I think being able to compete was my big, like, that was my big pusher. Like, that's what kept me still going. But I was also very um, hard on myself, and the coaches were hard on me. And so I think um, when I wouldn't do good in a competition, I really drug myself down about that. Okay. How did the coaches react to you when you pulled yourself down because it's very obvious with the, with with a young person 
when their confidence starts to go, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But did the coaches be supportive? Did they get condescending and rude? I mean, what you tell tell us what happened? Um, I think when to me, it was almost like they agreed with me. Like I still remember some of the things I would say to myself. The coaches, um, they would easily just be like, "Yeah," like they would just. They definitely wouldn't try to um, build me up. They just would just kind of leave me where I am and just almost break me down more just because they agreed with me. And I definitely, some of the things the coaches had said definitely stuck with me through that. So, Like what? You could probably remember some of that now, can't you? Yeah, there was definitely, um, I was in Diamond, which is like the highest level on the Excel side. And my coach told me that I should be at least three levels below where I am from this one competition. And so that was definitely hard because I was like, wow, okay. So how'd you react to that? Um, I definitely just was like, I didn't really say anything because I didn't want to make a big deal out of it in the moment. But um, I, I didn't talk to her the rest of the competition. Like, I didn't look at her. It was definitely just one of those silent treatment things. Then what happened? Um, then our relationship really just kind of started to separate like I didn't want her to be my coach um I always went to all the other coaches for um during practice okay we're going to come back from our break we're going to talk about coaching we're going to talk about communication because I think that has a lot to do maybe with why you quit my guest this morning is Jocelyn C she's a former gymnast a state champion gymnast I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs this is the sports psychology hour This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And now, State of Play with former Washington, D.C. Mayor Sharon Pratt. We're going to do a very deep dive into the issue of the wealth gap, the wealth divide with African Americans and the larger population, and try to understand and measurably why that divide exists. Slavery, the implications, uh, Jim Crow, the measurable implications, the Homestead Act and the GI Bill, and how somehow African Americans completely missed or significantly missed those opportunities. So many issues, the criminal justice issue, health issues, education issues, almost all of it, in my opinion, just me, you can attribute it to the wealth gap that exists in America, institutionally exists in America. For more, watch State of Play, Saturdays and Sundays at noon, 11 Central, on the Black News Channel. Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I gotta tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation, and it feels good. Wow, your story is so... uh, Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) When people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov slash plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go. (laughs) Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. 
This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. We've had a great show today. I started the show off with an interview with Tom, a baseball coach, about some of the issues he's been having coaching young men in baseball. And now we have very attractive young lady named Jocelyn C. sitting in the studio with me talking about her gymnastics career, and she's a state champion in both Indiana and Iowa, and she competed until age 15, is that right? Yes. Age 15. And why'd you quit? Um, definitely a burnout situation. The coaches um, and just um, the competition was just definitely, it was different when I moved to Indiana, and it was more intense. When you say more intense, what do you mean? Um, everyone took it a lot more seriously. Like, I'm definitely a competitive person, but mostly just in the new gym I was at, everyone took it like it was a life or death situation. Like, Really? Yeah, like you were at Olympic level or you were nothing, basically. That's how, it was definitely a, they tried to make it as um, intense as So why'd you go to that gym? Why don't you go to some, another gym? Um, it was the only gym in small town Plymouth, Indiana. <laughs> oh, okay. So, how, how, so, so when, when you changed, and when did you start to realize, this isn't fun anymore? Um, I think it was about, it was my eighth grade year, eighth grade to freshman year. I think that summer is when I kind of, I think I took a break that summer, and then I decided to come back, um, because I thought maybe it was just me. Maybe I was just like, just too overwhelmed with the move and with school and everything. So I just decided to take a break. And then when I came back, it just, it was the same thing. And I was just like, this is definitely not for me anymore. But I stuck it out till I think it was another year. I like another year, year and a half. And what was that like to do that, be in a sport you weren't enjoying around people you weren't necessarily enjoying being around? Um, it definitely was a big, um, downer. Yeah, it was definitely a big downer and just a big mental block really too, because I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to like, I had lost respect for coaches at that point, like for just those coaches in like in the gym, not necessarily in general. Well, okay. Why? What was it about those coaches? Because, because here's the thing, Jocelyn, I think with a lot of young people, you know, and I've talked about this for, for a long time on this show. We start playing organized sports now at younger and younger ages. I've, I've said many times on this show, at some point we're going to hear about a competitive league for pregnant women because we're getting younger and younger kids playing sports at younger and younger ages. And the fun goes out of it because you've done it for so long, it's not fun anymore. I yeah. mean, Roger Federer and Alex Morgan have both been quoted that they didn't specialize in tennis and soccer until they were 14 or 15. They played a bunch of different sports. And then, then they started to specialize in that, and they thought it was fun. Bo Jackson just put a tweet out the other day. Everybody should play all sports till they get to you know mid teens. So, were you doing anything else, or was it just gymnastics, gymnastics, gymnastics? It was just gymnastics. I did soccer until I was about seven, and then once gymnastics became kind of my when it became really a lot because I was going to the gym about four times a week. Then that's when um, I quit soccer and just really just did gymnastics. Okay, so looking back on that, before we get into the coaches, do you think the fact that you started to specialize in something, you, you just got to the point you just got tired of it? Um, I think that could be a little bit of it. I think that, that it was very, I think it was just a long process throughout my time doing gymnastics. So I think, yeah, that could be some of it. But then switching gyms, you, your family moved from Iowa to Indiana, and then going into a new gym, um, did you ever talk to the coaches about how you felt they were talking to you or treating you or were you too scared to do that um I would say I was too scared to do that but I also did um I did try to talk to the coaches a little bit about how and not necessarily about their coaching but how more so I would like them to coach me because every that, that's, athlete that's excuse me that's that's for a young lady that's very smart to do yeah because every athlete's a little bit different in their ways of being coached and so um the way they were coaching me just didn't feel right to me. So I wanted them to, I wanted them to try to, 
coach me how I needed to be coached. So, okay, so what'd you, how'd you do that? What'd you say to them? Um, I kind of just explained to them how, at my old gym, how they would just kind of um, let me do what kind of I needed to do, not necessarily to where I just did whatever I wanted, but to where um, I could still just do things that, like, maybe not other um, gymnasts were doing at the gym because they didn't want to try those skills necessarily and so I just asked them to maybe just kind of let me off the reins a little bit and do more so just let me kind of throw skills that they weren't necessarily comfortable with so did did they allow you to do that or not no ah uh, yeah I could see just when you I asked that question the way you reacted there yeah they, they wouldn't do that yeah and so that's where your your passion started to go away yeah 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 okay so and you are how old uh, 18. 18 years old so it's been how many years since you competed three three yeah okay do you miss it um I do miss it I would say if I had to go back to the I would go back to the gym in Iowa more that's what I miss is the in Iowa what I was doing okay so for parents who are listening getting their their kids involved in youth sports as someone who has survived youth sports and been through it what would you suggest to them as far as encouragement to keep their kids in it and, ha and have the fun part continue? Because, I mean, if you're going to go into gymnastics and you want to be good, it's, it, it's a lot of work and it is always fun. I mean, you've got to really push yourself. Yeah. But at some point when the fun goes away and the, the relation with the coaches goes down, then you quit. And that's what happens. So what would you suggest to parents as, as a young lady who's just gone through all this? Would, and to young athletes also. Yeah, I would definitely say um, parents, listen to your kids. I mean, my parents did great at that, but um, definitely listen to them so they have, and then watch what's happening in the gym and with their mentality and with the coaches. Just kind of observe how they're acting in the gym compared to how they were acting before they started telling you what's going on. And maybe even... I wouldn't say pull them out for a while, but have them cut back on um, the amount of time they're at the gym because that could also be where their burnout situation is. Yeah, but a lot. But okay, but let me challenge you on that because if, if I'm a coach, no, you can't leave. You got to stay here and work harder. Well, I would yes, but also coaches, I would say, need to um, be aware of their athletes' men mental state. Okay, I've I've said it. I said it earlier, a good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach is a sports psychologist. So. A good coach is going to take the time to listen to their athletes. Yes. And yeah. communicate with them. Mm -hmm. Where does fear come into that, Jocelyn? Because I know athletes are not always comfortable talking to their coaches. They're scared about what the coach is going to think, about their confidence, about their relationship. So how do you overcome that? I would say a big, um, a big step to overcome when being scared to talk to coaches is definitely not being afraid of what they're going to say because that's that is a scary thing because you've put basically your whole not your whole life in their hands but you've put a chunk of your life into their hands just to be as good as you are as an athlete and so I would say don't be afraid to um, talk to them and don't be afraid of what their answer is going to be because if you are afraid you're just you're not going to get the answer you want. Tell me your definition of self-confidence. Um, I would say my definition of self-confidence is someone who is um, strong in um, how they, like, they have a, I don't know this question. Well, that's <laughs> hard, hard questions. Yeah, I've never thought about that. Um, I don't know. Self-confidence. I would say someone with um, strong self-confidence is someone who knows who's going in with something and knows exactly and knows exactly what they want well spending these two segments talking to you i can i can see that your young lady has a tremendous amount of self-confidence and i want to congratulate you on the fact that you not because you won two state titles but because i think you see within yourself what you learned about gymnastics and it's probably going to help you in life in everything you do and, and one day if you choose to have your own kids and understanding that. I want to thank you for coming on the show today, sharing your story. And I, I think there are a lot of people that are going to learn from this. Jocelyn, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. 
I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is a great show today. We had two great segments with Tom, the baseball coach, and Jocelyn, the gymnast. Hope you're listening and, and, and encourage people to listen to the podcast. They're, they're on our Sports Radio 810 WHB site. They're also my website, winnersunlimited.com, and podcast everywhere on all the different apps. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. If you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me several ways. My website is winnersunlimited.com. You can send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. And give me a call at my office at 816-561-5556. Have a great week. We're on Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.